RadioInfluence.com. Episode two, man. Episode two, Alpha Beta. Let's go. We've uh, been talking about the alpha and beta mentality that we've come across, we've experienced. I consider myself an alpha. How about you? I consider myself an alpha as well. I think that we have to let the listeners know we don't think it's just a male thing. No, absolutely. I think not. alpha, alpha, beta mentality is is a human idea in the sense. For example, I'm I say I'm alpha, but I know nothing about cars. People have this misconception that you have to be this tough guy all the time, not crying, tough woman all the time. It's it's funny though because if a guy is tries to do that the you know machismo shit and they try to be an alpha, they're automatically considered a dick. Yeah. Or if a woman tries to be tough or they try to have this facade, they're considered a bitch. Yeah. So they have to you have to try to find this balance with it because every everyone is different there's different levels to it not levels in the sense of oh you're you're more alpha than me because you know you could you could change your oil on your car stuff like that. i think it, it's a personality and it's the type of person you are yeah you know and, and it's funny that you bring up the uh woman aspect of it as well because it was like actually when i first moved to uh tampa mm-hmm. i was working on base and I had a female boss. I've never worked with a female in my life. How sexist of you? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, being in an infantry unit that's all male, and and then uh, after that, uh, going to work, it just so happened to be that I like the team that I worked with was all male. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for twenty twelve six years. You know, it was until twenty eighteen when I came here and I had my first female boss and she was completely headstrong and I took that as her being alpha and I'm an alpha and we just cannot it just didn't us in the same room well, or, what made her that's the thing though well, what made what made her an alpha so or did you did you consider her an alpha or was it the facade that she put on the facade for sure you know and, is and it because she's in a a male uh, a male driven workforce or, or her the job that what's it the what were you doing at the time it consulting it consulted so yeah. she just kind of had the dick measure with everyone else type of thing yeah man you know it, and and so let me let me get the numbers here so i think there were about six women on staff and four men mm-hmm. you know and it never failed any any you know every thursday when we had our uh team meetings she would give her briefs and there there were some legit challenges mm-hmm. uh meaning that people you know would challenge her her thought or her authority and she did not like that she did not like that at all and it's like i said what i said okay roger you know that happens a lot too because uh in the military as well you'll have like have master sergeants or you'll have someone that just made tech sergeant and they have just like uh they just have to have the last word, not necessarily the last word, but oh, yeah. they have to prove themselves almost like uh, female police officers. When you get a ticket, they're more fierce with you. Is it because they have to do this because it is a male driven job or is this what they assume is being an alpha? Yeah. For example, my wife and I, when we met, 
hated each other. I'm she will tell you all the time. I'm just this. I was an arrogant asshole and stuff like that. I thought she was lack of a better word. I thought she was a bitch. All these things. When we first met, we were at a. I was lack of a better word. Lack of bad. (laughs) Yeah, can't say that anymore. Um, We are met at a my my boxing coach's house. uh, Jay, who I spoke about, you know the whole officer story last uh, last week. So we go to our friend Eden and Sal's house, and Jay invited me. I just got to Aviano, Italy, and I'm there, and I see this this girl. I'm like, okay, she's cute, you know. Okay, little Colombian thing. Yeah. Um, and she says to me, and I quote, she says to Jay, "Oh, we just bring strays here." <laughs> so and that instantly, that instantly just, oh, okay, this this is how it is. And I have the gift for the gab, I think. So I said to Jay right in front of her, "Oh, so we're bringing bitches here now." She claimed she didn't hear me say that, but we just, but we were just headstrong. Yeah. I've been self-sufficient for a while. She's self-sufficient. And when that happened, it, we just, every time on the group chat, I would just talk nonsense there. We had a group chat of all our friends. I would say stupid shit that made no sense. I'd be like, uh, Mona, you're the type of girl that, uh, that returns movies to Blockbuster on Rewound and just stuff like that. <laughs> like, just stuff like petty stuff that makes no sense. And she always say like, Gio, you're so weird, yo. All the time, and we just—I just kept getting after it. We just never—we were cordial, but was there that Arnold and Helga? Arnold. Uh, oh, like hey Arnold, hey no. Arnold. Yeah. Well, no, because we're grown ass adults. Like yeah, it wasn't—it like, wasn't the. She she admits now. She's like, I thought he was attractive. He just wouldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> I was just always, and that's just me. I just like the. T- I'm like Nova Kane. Just give me time, and yeah, yeah. you either like me or you don't. I thought she was attractive, but she was in a relationship at the time. She was in a long distance relationship, but you know how that works in the military. It don't work at all. And then, you know, I just, <laughs> just slide in there. Time um, out. All right. That's the experience that you guys were just two strong individuals. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a group like that, it's hard to have two alphas, right? And there's a, there's a point of, Submittance, I guess, is, is submission. Yeah, submission, submittance, submissive. And, yeah, you know, and but we don't we don't English that good, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but um, you know, and it's at what point who gives into what? So now going back to my story, the the final straw that me and this uh, supervisor went through was I had my I call it my. Um, task list and I had it on a, a big easel board. This is for work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is for work. And I had it on and I had a checkbox and it was both work and, and kind of personal, you know? And I had it on an easel board and I come in one morning, I'm like, where the hell is, like, this isn't like just a tiny piece of paper. This is like an easel board that, you, that that's, uh, I think, like four by three, right? She moved that. Yeah. She, she ripped it off and all day I'm just like, yo, what the hell? Like, and, she calls me into her office and she's just like, so what's this? And she pulls out my task list. I'm just like, did you take that from my office? Wait, so it was your office open or is it like one of those cubicle things? Yeah, it was. was, But she just went into your space and grabbed your shit. Right, right. You know? And uh, from there, I'm just like, like, are you you shitting me right now? This was, you know, my personal thing. It wasn't, uh, she was like, "Oh, but it was in the view of you know the customers." This I'm just like, it's my desk is in the view of customers. Period. Like someone eating someone's lunch in the the break room. Like, oh no, this 
this looked delicious. Um, this shouldn't be here though. Yeah, you know, and I, I felt completely violated. So we started going into a tit for tat, you know, and just like everything was personally driven against me, but not once could she say anything about my work, you know. So from there, it was it was always from dress appearance to me having a doctor's appointment that, you know, popped up and I took it or it was, it was never work driven. So with that, we're going back and forth, back and forth. I just like, and I'm a contractor, so I don't work directly for her. And I remember seeing so this. So she's trying to be your boss, but yeah. No. So I remember seeing this and I'm, I'm like, it's like a GS employee trying to tell me what to do when we were in the military. It's that, like, that's exactly yeah. what, that's exactly what it is. You know, is, is, you know, a, a government's, a government civilian trying to take charge of me as a contractor. You know, I've got my own mm-hmm. area over here and I should have told her just like, I don't work for you. Mm-hmm. I support you. Yeah. And she, she did not like that. You know? And that's so funny. It, and it's weird because this whole issue with people, I don't know if it's more of an alpha beta thing, but I feel like people, they have just, they have to show that they're worth something. It's almost like when you have that supervisor that is micromanaging everything. I remember in uh, when I was three months ago, when I was still active duty, uh, I was still active duty military. I work, you know, CENTCOM, right? Yeah. Central Command yeah. and on the base, you know, as you know, security forces, we would have to be there. You know, our job is, you know, sort of watch the cameras, make sure no one does some dumb shit or anything like that. But we had Navy in there as well. So the Navy equivalent to a mass sergeant, I don't know what it is, but in our in our regulations in our SSIs, we have to have our gear readily available. When yeah. you have gear readily available, what does that mean to you? You always have a go bag. It's right there, right? Yeah. So our stuff is always have your weapon on you. Okay, we understand that. We could readily available, like you said, is have it ready to go right there. We're in a cubicle all damn day. Why do we have to have our gear? No one could come in unless there's access. Everything's good to go. He would watch us on the cameras. He would say he wouldn't, but he would. So every time one of us would come down and, you know, not have our gear on, miraculously he would show up. And he's like, hey, well, where's your gear? You have your SSI? So I was tired of this guy. So I figured, you know what? I'm just going to read all this shit right now. I, re- I wrote my notes. At, next time he asked me, I'm like, sir, no disrespect. You know, I'm not trying to be, I said, excuse my language. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but here you go. I showed him everything. Like, you are not in our chain of command. And this is what our rules say. And you just see him get really annoyed. But then he realized that I'm not, I'm not messing around. And the other young airmen are looking at me. They're like, oh, my God, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah, yeah. And once he left, he calls our chain of command. Yeah. Oh, you know, this is the SSI. Not even five minutes later, I get a call. And I said, listen, this is not here. And he said, no, you're right. Next time he bothers you, give us a call. It just seems like a lot of people want to show, like I said before, they want to show their worth and just try to be more and have that facade and be something that they're actually not. And it does, it's not even in the military, like you showed, in the civilian sector as well. People just want to, to show out. They're like, you right now, you came in with this suit and everything like that, hey, <laughs> looking, look, looking real nice. One podcast, bro, and like, look at me, I'm like fresh Well, no death, one could look know? at you, but they could hear you, <laughs> but they could tell you to turn your outfit down. It's a little loud right now. You came in look like a, a, an extra in Miami Vice. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to put it on Instagram this show. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's going to be legit. But, uh, so, you know, that's that's exactly it. It's, you know, power and, and, and control. And at the end of that interaction with with my supervisor at, at at that time, I pulled a Jerry Maguire. I was like, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. 
I'm out of here. Who's coming with me? You're showing our age. You know, it was, I mean, I'll never forget that day because my boss, and you know, this, this guy, you know, he's probably the only boss that, I can walk out of a job. I can try to quit, and uh, he's like, "Nah." He he he's legitimately like, "No." Like that sounds like an abusive yeah. relationship. But it, yeah, but he's getting tired of it also. <laughs> How like, many times have you quit? Uh, twice. <laughs> so man, you may seem like there's a lot. I think I've yeah. quit like eight no, times. But you know, a wall in my head. Yeah, all the but times. in in the uh, civilian world, yeah. you know, like he knows me. We've got a outside of work, you know, and and the two can can kind of get mixed a little bit, but mm-hmm. we've got a personal friendship. And we got a, you know, boss to employee relationship as well. And it's one of those things where he's just like, come on, bro. Like, you had to walk out. I was just like, she pissed me off. She's like, you're pissed me off right now. And, and at that point, you know, he allows me. And, and I think the point I'm trying to make is here is, you know, the type of leaderships, the two type of leaderships. And I, I, I consider him to be a, a incredible uh, leader and, and boss. You know, he, he runs our company well. He also treats his his employees even better. So a lot of people, yeah, it, it is actually a problem. They want to like they want to rule with an iron fist. They yeah. want to be a dictator, and that happens a lot of times. Majority of the the leadership I had, whether it was mass sergeants, tech sergeants, or staff sergeants in the when I was um, active duty, they were the chillest. They spoke to you like a human. Yeah. They told you, hey, hey, if you fuck up, you know, you got you know, hey, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah. But they didn't baby you. They didn't micromanage. But that's like anywhere you come, wherever, anywhere you go, um, someone wants to reinvent the wheel mm. when they take over, and it's just something that we people need to understand that you you can go with the flow. It doesn't make you weak. Everyone's afraid to look weak, but then the the second that you know you start becoming a hard ass, oh, you're an asshole, you're a bitch. You have to yeah. find that that common yeah. ground. As as soon as you don't fall into line with them, then it's like you're difficult. So my thing is, what was, and I'm not trying to race bait with it, but what was her, what was her ethnicity? African-American. She was African-American? Okay. So with that, did you feel like she was going after you a little more? You know, because, you know, or is it because sometimes people, and I'm not saying you, but sometimes people see uh, uh, a lady of color in in power, they take it, oh, she's being sassy, she's being that. Like a lot of times that happens in the military when you have, you know, subordinates and everything like that. This was at a point in time where the office uh, was vividly like split politically. You know, you had left and right. Dude, I hate talking yeah. politics. Yeah, no work. Yeah, you know, and, because, and, it's like Facebook it, now. It was, it was, it was, it was literally like there was an order. There, there was a rule like, you know, politics off limit. You know, I think that's that's bullshit. You know, because when we are on a lunch break, and nine times out of ten, that's exactly what we did. Was we would save it until our lunch break but someone always got offended that's you know we can never have that's i, I feel as, as if that's what's wrong is you know we can never have open dialogue or but that's that's human emotion it's like you you ever see pulp fiction yeah uh what did what was uh uma thurman's character name i forget well what's the name uh Ving Rames' wife, i know their real names i don't know their 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 stage names I have no idea. but she said to john travolta yeah she said to vince who's john travolta like Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. Promise you don't get mad. And he said, I, you can't promise something like that. Like when, if I ask someone, Hey, I, hey, I want to, I want to say something, but you, you can't get offended. It's natural human emotion to get offended. It's just how you, res- 
you could be offended, but you don't have to act like an asshole and be like, oh, I'm offended. You made me feel like this. No, you could have a you could have a conversation or a rebuttal. And I, that's what's happening with social media is where people are getting this platform and oh, they don't yeah. know they don't know how to behave. Because how many times has someone turned to the 300 pound gorilla and then you see him? Yo, it's on site. Yeah. Never, yeah. Yeah. never <laughs> exactly. has anyone been the same person on social media. No. I'm not gonna say everyone because how you are in person, how I am in person, we're pretty much the same, yeah. you know, but people don't, they don't know where to draw the line. People now would not survive the day and age of Xbox Live. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Hey, fuck your mother. I'll yeah. do all this. People would talk all this nonsense. Imagine that. 12 or 31. You, 12 to 31. Yeah. You, you're getting verbally <laughs> yeah. assaulted. Yeah. And that's, people don't know how to deal with that now. And I think that is a very beta trait. And it's the, I think it's the participation trophy Oh my way God. of life we have now there's c- certain podcasters i listen to and i've seen them post on on, on uh, instagram that they've literally said my pa- podcast is 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 for men yeah. i have no I- our podcast is for ev- anyone oh and i have no issue if a podcast is for just women if it's just women empowerment i don't care if it's for men but if a man does something and they say hey this is gonna be a podcast for men oh it's sexist you can't do this i feel like everything should be allowed if I want, if we want to make this podcast just for guys, okay, hey, this is geared towards that audience. Yeah. We are open with ours. That is not our viewpoint. But if a woman has a woman in, uh, woman empowerment podcast, I would support the hell out of it. Absolutely. Just like how there's Hispanic cl- uh, like nightclubs, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone could come, but it's geared. That music is geared towards you, Hispanic. You know, you're gonna hear Hispanic. exactly. Yeah. You can't listen to a, a male dominant or woman uh, dominant podcast. And be like, well, you know what? I need to hear about X, Y, and Z. It's the same thing with the, I don't know if it's still like that. Remember the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts? Yeah. They're co-ed now, or I guess the Boy Scouts is co-ed now. See, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if a, a boy wants to join Girl Scouts, yeah. I probably sound real ignorant because I don't know exactly what the, has happened, transpired the past few years. But I remember specifically on, I would see, I, I was reading articles that girls are now allowed in Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. But then if a boy wanted to, he's like, no, 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 you can't. You're, it's like. I love single mothers. I love single fathers. But on Father's, father's Day, Mother's Day, hey, it's not it's not Mother's Day. You know, I I always see the post. I'm ready of, oh, you know, I do both roles and everything. Like it, it shouldn't be like that. You should be able to let someone have something, be happy for them, and not rain on their parade. Going into our kids, right? You know, like this is an issue for me because, and when we say alpha, you know, we're not trying to promote. The hard charger, the, the masculinity, the abuser, the uh, that should even be in the same uh, sentence. Right, as, right. And now that's that's in my eyes, that's real beta. You put your hands on a woman. Exactly. Granted, if it's like Gabby Garcia, I don't know if you need to look up <laughs> Gabby Garcia after you listen to this podcast. She's about two hundred and fifty pounds of the finest of Mexican supplements, black belt, and she'll probably choke one of us out. If she slaps me or Chris Cyborg tries to beat my ass, hey. I got to defend myself. Absolutely. I may not be able to, <laughs> but I'm going to say, hey, I fought a former UFC champ and uh, a rising fighter. You know, I find it troubling, and and I'm looking at this generation of, you know, 15 to 20-year-olds, even shit, even up to like 25 now. The lack of muscle, the, the lack of... Uh, Figuratively speaking. Figuratively and uh, literally, yeah. You know, it's it's. Give it, your definition of what you. But well, I want to hear what you so, think. What alpha is, and I want to give. Maybe we agree. Maybe we disagree. All right, awesome. So alpha, me as a father, you know, I want my my children to do what's right at all times, and 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 it's and and it's my job to instill that in them. 
right? The to the best of my ability. With that said, you know they need to also to be able to stand up for themselves. I'm not raising keyboard warriors here. You know, I, I'm I'm literally raising. Hey, you have by all means the right to protect yourself, defend yourself, at by all means possible, whether that's verbally, whether that's uh physically, whether that's in a platform. You know, not to back down when pressed on. The going when, gets tough. When the going gets tough, you know, not not to place yourself in a victim mentality and as there, well. And there's a difference between not backing down and then having your mind change because facts being brought upon you. Because with all that, there's many people that will, you could tell someone the sky is blue, right? And someone say, no, it's orange, it's orange. They're just fighting it because, well, now they don't want to look weak. They don't want to look like, you know, they can't defend themselves. Or any, there's been many times that both of us have, our ideas have changed, you know? For example, we could say, I'm not trying to get too into, you know, po- politics in a sense, but Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Certain things in the beginning, I, you know, I was, a, I was a big fan of his, of his policies, right? I kept saying policies, policies, policies. But at some point in time, it has to change where policies is not enough. You have to look at someone as an individual. When his, we were in the military- we, character. Yeah. For example, when we were in the UCMJ, we have to hold ourselves to a certain standard, correct? Yeah. We can't be like, oh, F you, screw you. We can't do have these rants, right? Our commander-in-chief, I felt like, needs to hold himself, him or her, to that standard. And it just, after the tweet, after tweet, after tweet, after tweet, it just, it was wearing on me where we need someone that is going to bring us all together, not divide us because your feelings got hurt because someone said something to you. Piggyback off it a little bit. How dare you yeah, be like a, right. a, a tech sergeant just to piggyback off the commander? <laughs> wow. All right, continue. So I felt like that when George Floyd happened. Yeah. I felt as if he did a poor, horrible job. Looting at, starts at, the shooting. Yeah. Well, no, I, there's context to that because. But it, everything me, he says is, and I'm not, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing what he's saying, but everything he has said. Th- there's always someone saying, "Whoa, well, he meant this," or "No, no, no, he meant that." Okay. Why? Why is it always like that? If yeah. I tell you, Sean, right now, "Hey, I like your shirt," do you do you hear sarcasm? Do you hear? Yeah. No, I'm telling. you, Hey, I like your shirt. If I said it like this, "Hey, Sean, nice shirt." Yeah. That's how it always comes off. You don't never know what he's gonna say. Understood. So, but I felt as if he did a poor, horrible job at even trying to lead. Like, like, like if there was a one and only opportunity, it was that time to, you know, pull us all together and lead us all. I compared that to some beta ass shit, you know, where mm-hmm. you could say we pay taxes. Right. We can voice you know, what we say. And those who know me, I am an avid Trump supporter. And no one would know that if they just spoke to you because you're, you're very open minded. Yeah. A lot of people, they see a Trump supporter, they think it's MAGA hat this, yeah. MAGA, oh, build a wall, build a No, you can, your your political views shouldn't, just like your sexuality, shouldn't define who you are. Yeah, you know, like, and it's one of those things where the assumption that that I am one way be, be just, just because of the way I look or the way that I dress or, you know, I'm an individual. But when I walk into a room, Going back to the alpha mentality, like when I introduce myself, I look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. When I shake your hand, I got 
well, we give elbows now. Oh, you know, yeah, you're still shaking elbow, hands. Yeah, yeah. So I, go, I don't know what's wrong. Yo. See, look, look yeah. just what we were talking about yeah. off air. This, this guy's like, yeah, I'm going to shake your hand. Like, all right, you being real beta, be shaking my hand right now, spreading your disease, you dirty fuck. <laughs> so, but, okay. yo, I'm going to give you that. It's your extra shmeedy, I'm sure. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's a Marge, bro. It's a oh, Marge, Marge. Yeah. Okay. But, but I'm going to give you the ultimate respect mm-hmm. as an individual, you know, and I expect the same back. You know, there's, there's, you know, when I'm not looking to, to put you down, I'm very comfortable within myself. And I think that's, that's where I separate the two between alpha and beta men from the boys, the women from the girls. And that, like what I'm saying, you're separating, you're a man that's boy shit where people that, that beta life. Right. And then there's women who are alphas and then there's girls. They play that, you know, that silly game. Yeah, yeah. And th- I realize I catch myself and the word offended, right? Mm-hmm. I get offended in the sense if someone doesn't render me that same respect because you have you have my respect right when you walk through right. that door. And if I shake some, hey, how are you? And they kind of give that, that limp noodle handshake. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, did I do something to offend them? Right. Did I hurt their feelings? I want to go to the source. But some people are so afraid because they're not behind the keyboard. They don't want to have that conversation. I'd rather look you in the eye and ask, hey, what did I do? Or if, I offended you, social media, I will write you privately. Yeah. So Too many people want to have a, a threat. Don't get me wrong. I love when people start arguing on social media. Oh, oh I'm dude. right there like I, Michael Jackson thriller <laughs> the, with the popcorn. Yeah. I'm ready. Yep. And I'll just add little things. I'm like, I'll be like, oh, word. I'll just say stuff to just add fuel to fire because yeah. it's funny to me. You know, and, and, you know, that's, that's fun about social media. And, is, that's, and, and especially when you know you don't give two shits about the conversation. And you can't. You can't put something on social media and then get mad when someone makes fun of you. For example, oh, yeah. I was, I don't know why. I love his, the way he does stuff because he beats the, the, beats to the beat of his own drum. I think that's the right way. Mike Perry, right? He had his girlfriend in the corner. Everyone, <laughs> Jason's laughing. Our producer's <laughs> laughing. He was getting mad. Darren Till was hashtag raw dog, his girlfriend saying these funny things. But you can't say, you can't get upset when you're going to say, hey, I don't have a team anymore. Just my girlfriend's going to be in my corner. You set her up for failure for even saying that, but at the same time, it's ingenious. You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to get eyes on the fight, but you can't get mad. You you can't love all the positive comments and then hate all the negative. Yeah. Just like our first episode, people gave us constructive criticism. A majority of it was uh, positive. positive, and I, we would ask people, hey, don't look at it from a friend perspective, from a listener's perspective. We cannot get mad if someone says, well, I think this X, Y, and Z and say, well, you don't know shit. It doesn't work like that. That's showing insecurity in yourself where you have to roll with the punches. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just always want good, 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 good. You could literally, you could donate a a million dollars to a fund or you could open up a school, let's say like LeBron James. Someone will always say, oh, well, you know, he's not better than Jordan. Something that has nothing. It's something so minute to the character of the man or the woman that people just, I hate saying the word haters because it sounds so cliche, but people just hate because they are not happy and they're not confident and they they do not believe in themselves. Absolutely. You, and that's truly the difference between alpha and beta is, you know, is the security in yourself, which then leads into this, the uh, security of your relationship, your family, your children. And yeah. security doesn't have to mean... Everyone thinks security means like, oh, you 100% know something. Mm. I am I am secure myself that I know I'm insecure things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, 
for example, we you were talking about you went paddleboarding the other way. I went paddleboarding. I literally looked at I looked at John and Steph. Everyone was like, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna bust my ass. <laughs> I know my limits. No. I know what I can do. I know what I cannot do. I know if I go for karaoke, I'm gonna suck ass. I have I believe in myself enough that hey, I know this is not my wheelhouse. If in, in sparring, I'm not gonna throw a spinning back kick every thirty. So I'm not Edson Barbosa. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're gonna execute. You know, and, and I think I will put my out, yeah. myself out there. Right. Podcasting. Look at us. We're doing we're literally doing the damn thing. Yeah. I didn't think I was. I always said to my I always I, I always said I would like to do something like this. I don't know how to start it. And then here you you came like the little brown leprechaun. You are, you know, giving away gifts and everything. You said, hey, come try this. Yeah. And look, we're doing it. I'm proud of us. And but As we knew what our wheelhouse was and we knew you could being confident is growing and trying those new things. You know, it's just one of those things where I, I, I truly and I really don't want to sound like we're coming across like, you know, uh, you know, alpha and, you know, we need to you know eat meat and all that. No, that's not that's that's not what what we're trying to say is. But I've seen, quote unquote, leaders in my experience in the military. Right. Where. Um, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget this. You better have a good story because yeah. I want to hear this. Yeah, I see your I'll, eyes going. Yeah. Oh shit, it's about to be juicy. It better be juicy. If it's not, um, you're gonna hear the, wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Yeah, no problem. So we get back from Iraq and we get this this new company commander, and from the jump he just has some beta ass tendencies. Is this the same guy from last time where no, you, no, no, you stole no. his uh yeah, his no. his top? So you know there there was a platoon commander who mm-hmm. who I took his top last time. You, I feel like you're a bully. I'm not a bully, bro. I'm or just, like, do you have little man syndrome? Someone tells you, ah. Bro, remember, has, remember, I'm seven foot in confidence. Yeah, with okay? that fucking outfit looking like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> but don't die. Don't choke me your spit. Let's go. <laughs> um, so uh, this this coming commander takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's just like, just very soft-spoken. And me as a young enlisted Marine, oh. you know, I'm already looking at him. I'm already judging him. I'm gonna say, yo, yeah. like you're soft as fuck, bro. Like, like, like we're going to Afghanistan, and, and you're the one. Like, you're the best candidate, you know. And that's so. Imagine me plus 230 more junior like Marines, minded, right? Yeah. And I witnessed that early. So, a couple months into the workup, we're getting ready to go to Fort Pickett. Virginia for like a month complete training uh I think it was like early fall or maybe going in, in, into winter it was it, it was gonna be cold mm. and the day of the movement we lose a rifle yeah they locked down the base and everything someone made a decision the night prior to take all the rifles out of the armory and, mm-hmm. and put them in the uh, company office and put a watch on them. The armors are probably so happy because yeah. what they do, they just watch. <laughs> Listen, I'm friends with a lot of people in the armory. Like they don't do shit besides play. I'm sorry, you guys do stuff, but you know, you guys just watch Netflix all day. True story. Yeah, I love you guys. So it's and it's like we uh withdraw all of our weapons, mm-hmm. put them in into the company office, put a watch overnight. Just so happens that the company commander's weapon goes missing. Was this the individual that yeah. you were eyeballing, side eyeing? Yeah, you know, and, and you know, uh, the next morning, NCIS is there, F, uh, FBI is there, OSI. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, everyone's involved. They lock down the base. 
and we and and we still have to make our movement up to uh, Virginia. And we get to Virginia. Company commander comes comes in. I think a couple of days later, after you know everything kind of mm-hmm. winds down, rifles gone and missing, no hopes. And he puts us into a, a formation, and then you know sc- school circle, and um, we all come in, and you know here he is in front of you know two hundred and thirty marines of his company, and he's crying, you know, and he's just like, oh, you know, marines, I I apologize, I've felt you as a leader, you know, and I uh, as as of this moment, I've been relieved. Okay, so uh, him, the platoon sergeant, and I believe it was the company XO as well. All three of them were relieved of duty. Mm-hmm. Then came in. I, I I can't say his name because he works for it. Yeah, but someone else came yeah. in. But then this other coming commander comes in, and this dude, he, like he just walked in like GI Joe, bro. And it was that immediate like aura of like, yo, I'm a fucking badass, like. We're here, like we're gonna start training, and we're gonna fuck shit up. And and when you're going to uh, a combat zone, you need that 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 uh, facade. You need that type of mentality, and you need to to make sure that you you've got that trust. And immediately, as soon as he walked up, he's just like, "All right, gents, I'm Captain So and So. This happened two minutes ago. I'm here. Let's get to work. All right, sir. You know, platoon commanders take charge." And from there, we had one of the best training evolutions ever. And, you know, this guy came in, and not to mention our uh, battalion commander, who's the one in charge of you know, all the companies, mm-hmm. all, all the Marines. You know, he uh, he's a, a guy from uh, Boston, Colonel McDonough recognized us as fucking animals like that was our name fucking animals like you guys are fucking animals and, and so like wait you guys are the fucking animals or you are fucking animals <laughs> we are oh, the okay. fucking animals like, hey man you know? and um uh, shit happens yeah goats, hey, you, know? <laughs> you know you know what we're not going to get to that one okay. um but it was just so impactful to you know have that true leader those true leaders in a matter of two minutes all of our mentalities changed. And I, so I agree with you. You're not getting the wah-wah. It, it, went, yeah. it, it went somewhere. I, yeah. I appreciated it. But you have to realize though, like I have never been deployed, so I, I can't speak on your behalf of yeah. what, but people need different leadership. I don't think that dude was, maybe in your eyes, he could have been very beta. You know what I mean? There's different leaderships for different people. Just because someone is quiet, for example, you're very quiet. I wouldn't say you're a beta because of how you present yourself just because someone's quiet doesn't make them a beta and then again it's different in a combat zone i understand that it was think of your mindset then your perception then yep. you know what i mean For, you know if you would uh if you never met me and you saw me you'd probably be like oh that guy's a, a fucking tool right you would look at me and be back probably in your when i see your, you kick a bag i'm like holy shit you know like there's some strong thighs in there right <laughs> you know like, like and and, yeah. and and it's just one of those things where just like you know, I see the way that you train. I see the way that you yes, conduct yourself. Yes, but you have to understand that. You see the, you, because you know, we train at the same gym. You see how I conduct myself in my training. I'm very, very serious when I train. You know, I'll laugh here and there. But if you just saw me on the streets, if you see, you know, I mean, if I'm, you know, I'm a very loud person. A lot of times people will take that as like, okay, he's, uh, he's insecure because he's very loud. He's not sure of himself. And this, or sometimes, you know, 
you have people that are very quiet and you know they have them so they're very well put together not every not uh it's not one size one one size fits all when it comes to leadership and being an alpha i've had great leadership where i didn't need the big hoorah and all that stuff sometimes it depended where i was in life where i'd prefer the person yeah. hey do what you got to do and they spoke to me calmly sometimes i needed that hoorah you know it's like with fighters or anyone they go to different camps sometimes they're just not they're not yeah. gelling they're not meshing anymore you have to remember you guys were like-minded you were in a combat zone you needed that shot of adrenaline to go in and do what you have to do doesn't mean that he was a poor granted it was a poor leader because he lost his his damn rifle yeah. you know and he's crying about it after i have no problem with crying i cry watching Stuart little okay they accepted him they're like oh he's one of them now okay so there's nothing wrong with crying but there's a time and place for things right and just because in that instant when you first judged him where he's like oh this guy's not he's soft-spoken i don't i would have judged him too but i was like let's give him a chance you were just literally like Nah, he ain't it. Yeah, be realist, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and listen, your and your intru- intuition, in, in, intru- intuition, intuition. There we go. We don't English good. And again, your intuition showed no, he wasn't right for that job. And sometimes you could just read people, and you know. Sometimes you could be completely off. When I when I speak to my wife or someone, if if she brings someone around, I'm like mm, I don't know how I feel about that person. You didn't even give him a chance yet. Yeah. And I think that falls into. I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't. I don't mesh well with mesh well with people that uh that don't put that that don't know what suffering is. Yeah. And what I mean is like for example, you don't have to necessarily train jujitsu, you don't have to fight, but I tend to bond more with martial artists and people of that nature is because you know what it feels like to have a, a two hundred and ten pound, you know, brown belt on you just on beating your, your chest, ass. Yeah. yeah, just like that concept. You know like the str- suffocation. The, so, yeah. The embracing the suck for something. It's like when you when you meet a, a veteran. Yeah. Right? Or you meet you know meet someone in the military, you know what they've been through. So you know what their character will be. You know it's you have there about you would hope that there's a higher high likely chance that they're a, per, they're a person of character and they have alpha uh, alpha mentality. And what I'm saying is alpha mentality where, you know, the person was crying. I, I can't change my tire on my car. I don't watch football. Does this make me less of a, a man or less of an alpha because I do not... Soccer or American football? American football. I, I worked nights uh, in civilian war, so I never got to watch the games anymore. Now that Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady over here, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Might uh, have to watch again. My father, he's from... Uh, New England. He's from uh, Massachusetts, so oh, yeah. he's a little, you know, butthurt. Casey's from New England. I know. And it's like constant. Yeah. It's weird because my parents are divorced and my father, I got two dads. I, every time I post a, a Father's Day uh, picture, I have two dads. They're like, are your dads gay? I'm like, no, they're not gay. It's just, <laughs> I have two fathers that got remarried. Uh, my one father, he's from, uh, he's uh, from uh, Massachusetts. And then my father, you know, he's from New York. Two completely different things. Two different types of alphas. Yeah. My, uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll call them by the first, I'll, I'll call them by uh, dad, dad one, my biological father. He's very loud. He's a very abrasive. I see myself like him. And sometimes I'm like, I'll hear myself speaking to strangers and I'm like, oh, I'm turning into my father. Yeah. Just random. Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing this? And then my, uh, my mother's husband, my, my other father, he's very complex, but he's very social as well. But he's a he's a police officer, so he kind of has that you know that thousand that thousand yard stare sometimes you know because yeah. he's he's seen some shit yeah you know I know people can be like oh defund the police and all this stuff like listen I'm proud of my father I'm proud of the man he is I'm proud of everything he has done 
you know, as a Colombian man, a man that has come from both my fathers are Colombian. I think my mom had a thing for Colombians. <laughs> so both completely different people. And then, and then you married one, right? I married a Colombian. So when we have kids, you know, when I'm about 47, 47, I think we're ready to have kids. That's good. You know, 47, 47. It's we time, said it's, we're, it's time to start swinging at no, 47, no, bro. I, I know <laughs> my wife and I, we said we, we keep pushing the age back. Yeah. 31 will have kids. I just turned 30. She's like, mm, okay, 32, 33. And then she's like, okay, uh, when I get my purple belt. Hey, so she- shout out to your wife for referring that, that, that movie Love on, on, on Netflix. Oh. I, I, I truly appreciate her for that. You saw it? Yeah. It threw like, you off? Like, like, for our listeners like the first, out there. Like, 10, 15 have, minutes was no- amazing. If you have nothing to do, <laughs> go on Netflix. And it's a foreign movie. I think it's, a, it's an Italian. It's uh, called Love. I thought it was French. French or t- I don't know. One of the two. I didn't, there was no talking in the beginning of the movie. So <laughs> make sure no kids are around yeah. and watch love. Back to my point of that two different people, you know, it doesn't make one less alpha or, you know, than the other. You could, st- you could have different personalities. You could have different faults, different traits, and you could still be an alpha person. I feel like how you treat people in my eyes depends if you're a beta or not. Yeah. If you're, if you're always trying to like my recruiter bamboozling people, you know, into doing something that you don't want to do, yeah. that's a behavior. That's a trait that I'm, I don't like. And I see as weak. You could admit you're not good at something. You can, you can, if you admit you're wrong, Hey, I messed up here. Hey, I do apologize. You know how many times I apologize to my wife, but I feel like the terminator when I do it, I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry. What can I do to change this? I did not mean to hurt your feelings. And she looks at me like, well, just let me be angry. I'm like, okay, do what you got to do. Going back to our fathers, you know, my father, and I, I, I can truly talk about this and mm-hmm. say this because cause I, I've, I've told this to him. He was your typical Dominican man. Can yeah. I ask a question? And yeah. I, this is me. Assume, did he have another family? He's He's tried like 10 times, yeah. You know, like he was married to uh, to uh, my mother, um, almost twenty three years, I think it was. Uh, they filed f- for divorce back in two thousand nine. Got got back together back in I think it was like twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. That and that lasted all of ten months. But for me, having a male role model, he he was not it. He did not treat. My mother well. Do you have a good relationship now, or no? no? Yeah, and and this is and, and this is exactly why I'm talking about it is is you know due to the fact that him and I have had this conversation. He's uh in his ripe age, and is there any change in him? He's he's since been remarried, and he says that this is the one. But we've heard that about like five other women as well, you know. But what me when I was like 15, but <laughs> you know, but it was. watching him. As you know, as a role model, he he taught me everything what not to do, you know, and it's like he cheated. He didn't treat a mother right. The only thing that I can say well is is that he provided for our family. Didn't raise me to where I think is satisfactory. Um, Me and my brother, you know. We have taken the route of trying to break that cycle of generations mm-hmm. of that type of man. And in his eyes, he is an alpha by the means of being a womanizer, 
by the means of that's in his mind that, yeah but that's the that's a cultural thing and, and right. i feel like that needs to be broken right for example like i have a a lot of hispanic you know parents that you know our friend you know our friends would have you know even in the jamaican culture as yeah. well the yep. haitian culture a lot of, from what i've seen is that a lot of the parents would just excuse me a lot of the fathers would just step out they would have their mistresses mm-hmm. and that i'm very fortunate you know and it, i'm sorry to hear that you know on your end but it it's just like a norm, you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems no. like it shouldn't be, but it is a, a social norm in you know in the Hispanic culture. And I, it's kind of opposite with uh, with my parents. You know, I'll go down. You know, my my father, for, uh, my biological father. We, um, I've always had. Um, it's weird. I had resentment towards both my fathers. I think it's just like as a kid and a teenager thing. As you grow up, you realize things. But my, uh, you know, we've gotten past this. My father and I, where he. Uh, he, you know, I was a, I was a very, I was a fat kid with glasses when I was younger. You know, you ever see the movie Up? Yeah. Yeah, I look like that kid <laughs> no with just glasses. What's his name? <laughs> Russell or whatever his yeah, name is? Yeah, something like I that. I don't know. So, that's what I looked like. It's actually and a good movie, though. It was all right. I got to watch it again. Yeah. I was dating someone that I didn't care about at the time when I saw it. Um, that sounds messed up. But yeah, I, um, he would constantly get on me for my weight. And I never was confident in who I was. He is someone that always talks about food. Oh, can't eat this. Don't eat that. You want to be fat? You're all. And I was never confident, but it's weird. He was a great father. You know, my parents were divorced at the time. He would provide, he would see us, you know, when it was his time to see us, he would, you know, he would come. But as I got older, all that stuff that was channeled inside me and that, that just, yeah, just, it kept hitting me where I didn't feel confident myself. It was always brought back to that. And, I couldn't forgive. I couldn't be, how can I say it? I loved him, but I was angry at him. And at the same time, when you're angry at someone, you want more attention from them. It's almost like a breakup. You know, you'll like send this little text here or there. It's hard to go cold turkey. So he's my father. He's always there. He's, you know, he's a provider as well. And every time I was with him, I would almost kind of pick fights with him because I wanted to show that I am, I don't need him. Yeah. But at the same time I did because emotionally I wasn't there. Right now, we have a great relationship. Yes, I love him to death. You know, as he gets older and as I get older, I realize, you know, he was a a young man having a kid. You know, he wasn't that young. You know, he was like twenty eight when I was when I was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same here. But he he grew. I think what helped, you know, I have three sisters, you know. So how it works is uh my sister and I are from my uh my mother and father. I have two brothers who are from my mother and stepfather. Um, I hate saying stepfather, but yeah. you know, yeah. ju- just for this point of view. And then I have two baby sisters from my stepmother and father. Hmm. So I think having girls, t- two more girls, helps soften them up because he was hard on on me. It wasn't as hard as as my uh, my my sister. That's you know, I don't want I don't want to say her name, but you know, the sister that my mo- my mother and father had, you know. Yeah. wasn't as hard but he treated he treated her like a princess and i always had resentment like damn you made fun of me for my weight you did this and then you want me to be your best friend yeah nah fuck that that's how angry i was but as i got older i realized he was hurting too yeah. his his going through a divorce you know things like that you know trying to make ends meet you know he didn't do it the most legal way at times but he had to do what he had to do and then on the opposite spectrum i have my other father my stepfather you know, he's from Colombia as well, but he was adopted by a white family, my grandparents, Italian white family in uh, in Massachusetts, right? 
when I met him, I had animosity for a different reason. You're not my father. Mm, you know yeah. but how funny is that that i have animosity towards i have resentment towards my dad for the shit he did but i am angry at at this man that just wants to love me and and you know give me a better life as well granted my father oh wait i love him to death he was just a provider he was great he showed up to all my games he got me clean yeah. he was an amazing father but then someone else that's trying to love me as well yeah. i couldn't accept it he loves my mother think about that he loves a woman that already has two kids you know how hard that especially in new york look he was a handsome young Colombian. He was a lot skinnier back then, you know. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Um, but he still, he loved my mother. He loved us the second he saw us, and I couldn't give him that love. And I kick myself, you know, in the ass sometimes thinking about it. But I was just a young kid, you know. He was trying to instill his morals and everything like that. Granted, he repeats stories like it's no one's fucking business. That's just him, you know. But like these little quirks you find of your parents, like I find of my father. You know, his little quirks, he, he's just always talking about health or like he hears what he wants to hear. When you like, if I say to you like, Hey, yeah. So I, I did this at work. He'd be like, yeah. And I had this for breakfast. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bob? Like, what are you on topic? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And then my, my, you know, my dad, he'll, you know, he over exaggerates stories, you know? Oh, like with my younger brother. Yeah. He ran for this touchdown. I'm like, did he, <laughs> you know, he loves us so much. He holds us all to this pedestal. That's awesome. And that is a great thing. And that's what I'm. Full circle about being an alpha yeah. on my end is that you can be, as you said before, being a provider, right? Making sure that, you know, you are physically strong, mentally strong, spiritually. All It's like legs on a table, right? If you don't have one, you're going to break. Yeah. And each person learns how to be an alpha. It doesn't matter the circumstances. You learn to be one through the, you know, through the hardships. Think about it. You know, your father not being there as a father. So many people can make an excuse and be like, hey, um, I didn't have this. I, I, I'm going to go woman. I'm going to do these things. Granted, we all in our lives have done things like that. But you you were there for your children. You you were there. You know, you love them to death. You show them, hey, this is what a father is. I learned from having anger and animosity from someone who I just wanted respect and love for. I had anger and animosity for someone that was trying to give me that but wasn't my biological father. Yeah. And we learned to put it all together and be who we are in a positive alpha way. Yeah. And so like to tie into that, like uh, you as a child uh, trying to love your, your uh, stepfather, mm -hmm. I am recently in a blended family now, right? We're and, blended. Yeah. You ever see that movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews. Terry Crews, yeah. So my son, my biological son, and we and I had a talk with him yesterday. He is the closest thing to Jesus I've ever met in my life. I mean, he's like almost perfect, bro. And and, and it's to a point of where it's uh. What do you mean perfect though? Like, just like he can tell no lie. You know, he is. You know, we will see no. Yeah, evil. he he is the 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 sweetest person you you ever meet. Uh, he is the most courteous, kind, respectful kid. Um literally just like will take his clothes off and give it to you you know just 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 because you asked how old is he he's 11 you know and he has that's those traits that's awesome. right yeah but we were in a serious conversation yes yes yesterday talking about race in my family we, we all come in all different shades and you know he began how about different heights yeah, actually, he's 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 on 
the tall side. I I question him at times just because <laughs> he's, he's so fucking big. Yeah, he's eleven years old. He's it's the McNuggets yeah. man. That's why I'm so damn big. Have, it's a whole girl hormone for McNuggets. No, I never seen you. I never. I haven't met your your biological children. Yet. Okay, well it's it's gonna happen yeah, soon. Or something like that. But um, so he is uh, eleven years old, about five four, hundred forty five. Oh yeah, thickums. Yeah, bro. He's 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 big and he, without puberty. Like he's like he's gonna surpass me by a long shot, um, and it's one of those things where you know, I am afraid of of, of him going into this world, you know, because it's it, me as a father, I know what this world is, and I'm trying to, I, I want to protect him, but I can't protect him from everything, right? So the training wheels gotta come, and that's scary. I don't yeah. have children, but I feel like that with my younger siblings. I have, you know, I have a brother that's super sensitive. You know, he's a, a like a thespian, very, you know, lot, I understand, but I can only imagine that is your seed, that is right. your son, that's your right. child. Oh my goodness. So, my daughter, ooh, think about that. Yeah. My daughter, she is a mini me and very strong, very independent, very uh She don't got a beard or anything. <laughs> so, so, no, no, don't, don't put her on, no, no, don't put her on blast. No. Come on, I should never let that down. Yeah. That was a joke. All right, yeah. continue your son. Continue your son daughter. So but and then I've got uh Casey's oldest. Yes. Who his his father uh doesn't live here and mm-hmm. I am the quote unquote stepfather. Yeah. You know. And over the past year working with him, he he is I, I feel I feel as you explained it best, but he is going through that that point and feeling where he wants to mm-hmm. like me, he wants to love me, and um, it's really just kind of one of those things that he's afraid because he loves his father, mm-hmm. you know. But yet I'm the one putting in the work with him on a daily basis because he's in front of me, you know. And when we and so I like to spar with him. He's 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 a learning that 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 shit that you taught him with the um the, the fake uh, of the hand fake yeah. jab yeah yep. you know dude he's it it works for him <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to it you know but he can't take a hit you know he's he's one of those as as soon as I light tap him tears coming you know and trying to get him to understand like hey. You're gonna get hit both literally, literally and figure, uh, figuratively. You know, our English ain't good. Yeah, Again, um, is what's important. But you gotta keep your guard up. You gotta keep moving. You 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 need to uh, counter or, or you know angle out. Just keep it pushing, but never let that one hit put you down. And that's just like quoting the Rocky Balboa movie is, you know, it's not as hard. Yeah. It's not how hard you get. How's it going? It's not how, how hard, hard you can hit. hit. It's how hard you can get hit and, and keep, keep moving going. forward. And I think that's a perfect way to end and segment out. I want to say thank you for our listeners. Thank you for everyone that has subscribed. You know, all the love we've been getting on this podcast uh, via our, our, you know, our Instagram page, you know, as you were podcast, everything. We want to say thank you. And, um, I'm Gio. I'm Sean. And this is the As You Were Podcast. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. I don't give a shit if you're a Democrat or Republican. Wear a mask.
listen, everybody keeps on talking about their freedom. You know, you, you're supposed to wear a seatbelt for a reason. You're supposed to not go over a certain mile per hour for a reason. It's to, it's to save you and others. And the mask is not about you. It's about other people. Talk about your freedoms. The people are dying, everybody, at a, at a, at a drastic pace. And the people that are acknowledging or not acknowledging this thing obviously don't have anybody around them that's been affected because I have, and this is not a joke, but I'm sitting there watching television and I see a, a family or a couple that's been married for 52 years, both die simultaneously in a bed. This is not a joke. That's, that's, I mean, and I listened to their, their son talk about both, both his parents dying at the same time who had an unbelievable life and met in, in high school. And this is what takes them out. Uh, people are taking this thing lightly. And I, I, it's just, it's not a joke anymore. And listen, for the youngsters to, to take it lightly, I understand that. If I was 25, I probably wouldn't give a shit either. But when I hear older people talk about, well, it's because Bill Gates and it's the Chinese, who gives a shit who was? And it doesn't matter why it's here. Well, let's handle it. Now it's here. Let's handle it. And let's handle it as grownups. Listen, eight members in Trump's, in Trump's camp, they come out positive. He still won't wear a mask. He, sa he says it makes him look like the Lone Ranger. If he's not the dumbest son bitch out there, Lone Ranger wears masks obviously on his eyes, not his mouth. I don't I don't know. I don't know if he had a friend or watched television at any time in his world in his world. But our president, who's supposed to be our leader, and I'm doing air quotes right now, leaders are supposed to lead. And our leader is telling us not to wear a mask almost. You can find Ian Beckles Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.